Hello, 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 and thank you for joining me on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's up, everybody? How's y'all? How y'all doing? And this is episode 35. Woo. All right. Yeah. That was a tough one. Had to get through that. <laughs> All righty. So I hope everyone's uh, been well. Okay, staying safe, staying entertained, keeping yeah, yourself man. occupied, hopefully with something productive. Feel me. Yeah, man. I can't say I did anything productive this week, really. It's okay, but you know what? Honestly, I I kind of retract that. It's okay not to be productive as well. You gotta have balance. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yo, if as long as you know that you are have plans to be productive or you have been productive recently, don't feel yeah, bad about sure. letting shit so, chill for like a little a, bit. A matter of fact, this is the perfect time to sit your ass down yep. and chill. It's like a so, forced vacation. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope all that prior stuff and if the productivity is there, then congratulations. If not, don't feel bad. <laughs> So yeah, have you been watching anything uh, entertaining as of recent? Yes. yes oh, okay, good. Yes. I, I I watched something entertaining and informative, but I'll talk about that after you go go for it. I um I have re- really only watched one thing. Okay. Uh, I've been watching uh, this anime called Kingdom. Okay. Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um. I've heard I I've heard of it once before. Really. Uh, I I saw the manga. I believe there's some digital tie-in stuff. Like there might be a mobile game associated with it. I'm not I'm sure. Not I'm not sure. sure. Don't quote me. But yeah, <laughs> keep going. Um. Yeah. Because I you know I love One Piece and um mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the uh, writer author of it. Um. In one of the the shonen in the shonen jump magazine, they have the authors have like a a little couple lines that they write in the month kind of like what they're feeling and one time oda was like yo what's up with this manga kingdom like it's so emotional and so like epic like it's amazing or some shit like that and i was like yo to have oda co-sign your shit that's pretty big that is so that just sort of like bookmarked it in my head that's awesome and then i tried to watch it once before maybe like a year or so ago and for some reason just didn't really hook me or something i just never i i know what it was it was the animation because they're using 3d models for Mm. for like the main animation it looks kind of clunky it's dated it's from like 2013 so at this point i mean yeah it's not the worst it's not because i'm i'm really really enjoying it you know what i'm saying uh luckily it has uh, 38 episodes in a season so wow okay it's like so it's it's, yeah. it's meaty <laughs> yes precisely I, I was on i saw that shit was on episode uh, season three um this season is began season three and i was like huh i guess now is a pretty good time to get into it you know what i mean because we have so much downtime and shit so i gave it a shot and that shit man like he was right it is very emotional and it is very like it What's is the premise? super dope. It is basically about a nameless orphan from ancient war in China who aspires to be the greatest general in the world. So it's sort of like how, you know, it's it's how he's fighting against like the classism and stuff and everything mm-hmm. and just like insurmountable odds, essentially. To, and slowly it's very, very reminiscent of um, both One Piece and Berserk because I feel like the main character is is like... A really great combination of both Luffy and Guts, because mm. Guts is the man. Guts is amazing, and so is Shin. Like the both of them, like when they encounter enemies on the battlefield, it's like, it has a very very similar feel as far as um, Berserk goes. And that's, and also, uh, um, damn, I got I'm gonna go back and re and rewatch because I'm pretty sure they released um, the movies the, yeah, for the go- the Golden Egg Arc One and Two. Yeah. Did did they release three? I think they released three too. I believe three is out as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm gonna go back and watch those. Those are really good. It's pretty dope. But it's like, yeah, it kept reminding me of him because the main character looks a lot like he looks. That's why I say Luffy and Guts because he looks like 
guts but with luffy's frame <laughs> so it's like it's pretty dope it's uh you know sword fights and um uh um game of thrones intrigue uh and you know warring states but also has like the really man the the stuff with the generals in this game they are so epic man i really like the way how they display those yeah i really like the way they um portray the generals and sort of the 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 epic atmosphere that they exude you know what i'm saying like the mm -hmm. sort of the generals that are not that just you the, the regular best, ones i can definitely get one piece feels from that because in one piece the fucking the uh the admirals yeah the admirals yeah. like <laughs> they are not to be trifled no with. they're really not but yeah it's, that sounds interesting it's pretty dope i would highly recommend watching kingdom i mean like i said the anime the 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 visuals might be a little bit dated because sometimes the animation is clunky but i really don't mind it i it hasn't taken me out of the um out of the action it hasn't taken me out of any of the emotional parts of the scenes it hasn't been anything but it's dope, man. I love it. It definitely reminds me of guts coming up with the band of the hawk. Yeah, Shin slowly building up from like a one hundred man general to a three hundred man general, and the point where I'm at in the in the story now is a thousand man general. So it's like, and he's slowly building his way up to trying and trying to like you know what I'm saying get to this insurmountable goal so <laughs> right now their goal is to unify china because you know it's the seven warriors yeah states, that's so. that's the all those period animes actually like take place when they're trying to during that time frame yeah so it's super cool and i don't know anything about that and that's I the think history that's of also that time is reason. really interesting it really is i, yeah, I, I learned do. it partially I through do. dynasty warriors because dynasty, dynasty warriors takes place during that time and it uses a lot of historical references for the character names mm -hmm. so that caused me to go back and actually read the real historical references to them and so it was really interesting yeah it's i i fucks with the story of the characters what's really funny is um they they did like the they got to a point where they did the they did the king's backstory and at first I was like, man, I don't give a fuck about this dude's backstory. Like, you know, it was the it's middle. The king, though. But, but it, the thing is that they diverged when Shin was in the middle of a crucial part in the battle. Ah, right? Like, ah. there was a war going on. It was a crucial part with Shin and, like, the enemy. And I was like, oh, it was so dope. But then it's like, let's go switch over to the king. Let's see what's happening in the castle. And castle shit started happening. And it, and the king was, uh, was telling the backstory of how he got into the, um, how he got into... Well, actually, I give a little brief, a little backstory. So basically, is, is, is it spoilers? Is it? Yeah, it's it's kind of spoilers. All right, so I won't get into it too much because it's pretty deep. But basically, the lady that helped him get to the place where he is, he tells the backstory of that to a servant, and that lady is fucking dope. She's in the anime for literally like three episodes, and she's like, "I'm like, yo, you're gonna MVP of the whole season, bro." Damn. Okay. Dope. That, that that that's very intriguing. It does sound really interesting. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched too much either, actually. Um, I. It was funny because uh, I finally got my uh, a new phone. Mm -hmm. After I spent all of that time trying to fix my old phone, which trying to fix a smartphone is a, not the easiest thing yeah, in the world. because it's meant for you to not do no, that. No, it definitely is not. And so I replaced a bunch of pieces, and I wasn't able to get it back to, to full functioning. That's why. So I actually went and got, a, went and got another phone. And trying to get that back up, uh, set up, I went back to go fiddle with my old phone and ended up making that, getting that shit to work. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> ah, then there you sucks. have it. 
But that it is sucks. what it is. I, I've been spending a lot of time like getting all my shit transferred over because I didn't. I don't ever back my stuff up to no cloud or <laughs> I'm not giving it to no third party service. That's my contacts, cause you're gonna have to come get them out of me. No, yeah, that's bittersweet, man. But um, that's yeah. So, I, but in between all, I I say all that to say I spent some time. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time to watch a bunch of stuff, but I did watch an interesting documentary called Planet of the Humans, mm-hmm. and. It was interesting because they got a lot of backlash because it was being critical of the um, the environmental movement. Mm. <clears throat> and now it, it that's not to say that it's it's not being critical of climate science. It's being critical of the people who are running the movements, the 350.org and mm-hmm. Al Gore and all of the, these men. And uh, it's it was, uh, I think, executive directed by Michael Moore, okay. who... For better or worse, I tend to trust him. I think he's a bit alarmist when it comes to things like his commentary on the current um, pandemic, but <laughs> I, 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 I can trust him at least. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't feel like he's being disingenuous with his worry. He's doing it because he believes it's in the best interest of everyone, and that I don't mind. Okay. It's the people who I believe are generating, trying to generate panic for profit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's panic profiteering that I have a problem with. And so I don't mind Michael Moore and he executive produced this um, documentary and it got a lot of backlash because it's being very critical of people who, you know, have a very high standing in, in society right now because they're on the right side of history, quote unquote. <laughs> and, um, he's, and, and he does a great statement. Yeah. And this, um, the, I, I I forget the name of the guy who actually produced the um and directed the the documentary but um he's uh just pointing out all of the companies that are that are being funded and attempting to um innovate our economy into a green economy are the same companies are, are being funded by the same financial firms that are that are financing the coal companies. That's pretty funny. And so that becomes very problematic because these these companies are lobbying, lobbying on both sides. So unfortunately, you can't trust that if they're being funded by the same entities, these entities aren't influencing them to be, you know, to, to just perpetuate this conflict ad infinitum while they profit from both sides of it. Yep. And so it's very problematic in that. And not to mention a lot of the information that's being put out to the public just isn't substantiated. It really isn't um, because the, the energy output currently of a lot of the renewables just isn't there because we haven't it. The problem and and at one point they have somebody come on and and he's really really like negative towards population, and <laughs> and Burr. one thing I'll tell you right now is people who are so misanthropic that you think that you need to kill off the uh, a number of humans on this earth just generally don't understand what's going on. Yeah, the problem isn't with the guys. number of humans at all. <laughs> this earth. If we all just chose to consume at a reasonable rate, mm-hmm. this earth can easily sustain 15 million of us. Facts, numbers. You know what I mean? I, I know I just said facts, numbers. I didn't present to any. But <laughs> if you act, there's um there's a great um set of documentaries um by Peter Joseph called the Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist Addendum, and um, Zeitgeist Moving Forward. 
and they talk about the actual carrying capacity. And the issue isn't that the earth can't sustain a mass amount of humans. It just can't sustain a mass amount of humans who are going out of their way to consume more mm. than is absolutely necessary yep. for their life. And I mean, and it's like, it, it's not even that, it's not even that we can't all live decently. Like it really, like, we could live in a relatively decent society. The problem is, is that we can't have people on the extremes that are dry, that that are driving huge gas guzzling cars could, because it throws off those outliers are hugely damaging because the upward mobility of society means that more and more people are going to partake in that part of the lifestyle. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If we're successful at creating an upwardly mobile society, it's if we do not put a cap on people's or just put, you know, instill people with a general, a general understanding of their own consumption, then and outside of just consumption is good, then it's going to be problematic in the end. You know what I mean? If the more successful we come, yeah, the, the more successful society becomes the more destructive to the environment because we're consuming material things. So the documentary does a great job of talking about like, maybe we really need to to take this whole green discussion and the most green thing for us to do is to deal with our consumption <laughs> maybe maybe we will venture like once we don't need once see and that's another thing that i think is that people don't tend to 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 address is that the more we address our our consumption and we reduce it the less intense our need for energy is, mm -hmm. which makes the, the the renewables more viable as energy sources. Our consumption is the problem. It's not the amount of us. Stop being fucking weirdos and calling for mass genocide and saying we have too <laughs> many people. That's not the problem. You know, yes, people are stupid, but I don't believe that they're stupid in the way that it's actually going to destroy the society. The big problems that we have right now are mass consumption and the greed, of, the greed of corporations, because those greedy corporations are the ones that I'm referencing that are financing both sides of this fucking massive global issue that we have of, of uh, overconsumption and, and climate uh, destruction. You know what I mean? Effectively stymieing progress. So, yeah, all that's to say, I don't want to get too preachy today. It's a great documentary. Planet of the Humans. Um, it is executive produced by Michael Moore. You can find it on YouTube. I watched it on YouTube, the whole thing. It's available. Um, but yeah, it's just and it's just really good information. It's good information to have. And 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 the thing is that I know that Michael Moore is avidly on the side of the people that he's criticizing. And so it's like that's you can't be immune. To, this is and, and this is something I want to talk about. Actually, this is a good segue. Is like accountability. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the the progressive, ideological, environmental, uh, demographic in society hasn't been held accountable because everyone has just assumed that they implicitly have everyone's best interest. And this documentary is a great, great, just hey. There's people here keeping you accountable. You know what I mean? Like you've been taking money from all of the people who you were talking about that you won't take money from. And then when you're <laughs> confronted about it, you try to dodge the question. You get all weird about it. We Squirrely. know you took the money. Don't get weird about it. Just tell us and explain to us why so that we understand what's going on. But no, that kind of transparency is too much for them. And so, yeah, 
being held accountable is super important. That's what this documentary was. It's holding the the whole environmental movement accountable for for actually producing what they're saying. Accountability would be nice. Yeah. That would be really nice right now. But yeah, so so it was interesting because um on the Joe Budden podcast they were talking about um I guess Rory had a situation where someone was close to him was I guess uh committing sexual assault. Oh shit. And it was it in like it was like I guess in the female community in the uh, among the women in that those circles it was like a known thing. And so they were coming at Rory because Rory is very publicly friends with this person. Mm. And so they had a whole conversation about that and you can listen to them about that. But I think that it was interesting because it came to a greater conversation about friends holding friends accountable. And that, and, and, and that's interesting because especially at our age, like it's a little bit easy when you're younger. I, I, I believe because, it's a little bit easier to kind of just talk to people about their lives. But as you get older, at least for me as, as a, as, as someone who was raised by a Caribbean man, it gets more difficult to talk to people about their lives as you get older, <laughs> mainly because you're less interested, but also because I believe that if I'm left to my best interests that, or my own interests, I'll, I'll fix the many of the things that are, are wrong with me. You know what I mean? Right, like I'm absolutely. working on a lot of stuff, so I try to give people that same latitude. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're all works in progress, so I'm not going to sit here and harangue you about Absolute your issues. Facts. But at the same time, as a good friend, you want to hold your friends accountable. Um, now, in his situation, it sucked because it was a deal breaker. Like, if I find out you're assaulting women sexually, Pretty I'm not your friend absolutely. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if you need That's help, I, would, uh, I can help you get help real quick. For that. But we're not, I'm not going to fuck with you no more. We're not mm-hmm. cool. We're not friends. You know what I mean? That's not the situation. Um, now, that's not to say that if the person comes to account for themselves and says, hey, I've been wrongly accused of this. You know, like, I'm not going to walk away from somebody. But there were, the receipts were way too long on this dude. Like, to see, <laughs> like, it was like Bill Cosby-esque the way, like, one person said it. And, like, women were just posting out, bomb, bomb. This was my experience. This was my experience. And I was like, okay. Woo. Right, yeah. Yeah. And it and it, it wasn't opportunistic. I, I I highly doubt that somebody was setting this dude up for this. Like it just it just seemed like organically it came up in a public forum. And yeah. The damn broke. Yeah, like like I don't know how long he's been I don't know how he's been able to get a, away with it this long without it being public. But um it just goes to show because I one of the points was is that Rory considered this person a relatively close friend, which is why he felt compelled to to speak on it. But if someone's that close to you, first of all, not that you got to be up in their life, but how do you not know about that? You know what I mean? Like, and 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 I'll speak on on a situation that I had in a little bit that was it was separate but similar. Um, but like, if these are people who are close to you. How you know what I mean? People throwing around the acquaintance versus the friend term. Like this is clearly just an acquaintance. Then it's a business <laughs> right, acquaintance yeah. that you're friendly with, but they're not your friend, type of thing. And at the next point is is 
then do you are you held to account for people like that? And then, and at that point, you got to establish that. But in situations, we got to hold our friends accountable. That's part of being a good friend, in my opinion. And if that's not something that you you think, then respect. But I think that that's that's part of the boundary. Now they had that conversation, but now it becomes additionally harder when you don't have a support group of people around you that you've grown up with over a long period of time to create that kind of relationship. That's the hard part because, and this might be something that you could speak on is how do you build accountability in yourself when you don't have people around you consistently to hold you accountable? Because I've, I haven't had people consistently around me to hold me accountable for the things that I do and say for a very long time. Very, very long time. My parents, they did a lot to instill values in me when I was young. But they gave me a lot of latitude. And, and I don't know. And they were good parents. But I don't know if accountable was a word that I would use to describe our contact. Right. You know what I mean? And that's not a shot at all. And it's not that's not to their detriment, because especially because when my parents separated, I became very cantankerous. I was not an I wasn't a person who you were interested in having that conversation with unless you were really interested in, in having a, a, a long, probably, you know, exhausting conversation about it. <laughs> and nobody had time for that. My dad was busy trying to raise me and my brother and, you know, help my sister. And my mom w was, you know, across the, the, the country. So I couldn't, you know, I didn't have, that's only to say, I didn't have a consistent group of people around me and my family. And because I moved from state to state, not frequently, but often enough to where I didn't have a group of friends around me to also be that sounding board. And so how do you, that's an easy recipe to, for me, and I'm sure that's not a, a, a an atypical story. And right, so that's an easy right. recipe to fall into to bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people struggle with addiction in those kind of situations when they don't have people around them, boredom, being in their house, not having uh, a social network to to take up their time. Because, you know, I find a lot of people struggle with free time. Especially, yeah, especially now, that's a very relevant thing in, 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 in these days where we're all sheltering in place. And so little hands, man. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's something you could speak on. Like, how do you how did you come to the place where you can hold yourself accountable as an adult? Like, it's an adulting thing, you know, Absolutely, like, can yeah. you recount your like how you or what life experiences led you to that? I think for me, I always had sort of uh, um, well. After I began my like pers uh, pursuit of sort of uh, in my introspective phase of life, after I began that, it, it was what I started to create for myself in my head was like an idealized version of me. Like how old are you? Like around? Around 24, 25 ish okay. was when I, well, that's when I started like broaching the idea that was, of like and, and what I was. I feel like that's a really popular age for that kind of awakening. And it's weird because I feel like around that age, I was similarly becoming to that, that same maturity. He's like, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I felt like I hit a wall in life and I just, everything that I try, everything that I was trying wasn't working. So I was, uh, after doing a lot of introspection, I just, that's the point I came to. I was just like, well, what do I want to, since I don't know what I am, what do I want to be? 
and from there it's a matter of uh you know it's like charting a map and just uh, correcting your course as you go i mean naturally because it's the first time you're doing it you're going to slip you know i mean especially Mm -hmm. in 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 isolated situations you're going to (laughs) what do you do to keep yourself accountable so when you slip what do you do to keep yourself on course because that's where the accountability comes in you know what i mean it's like when we make those mistakes like i know for myself i and 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 this is part of this also ties into why i'm i'm so willing to be critical of other people because part of how I keep myself accountable is that I'm ultra critical of myself. Right. Like if you hear the way I talk about other people, I talk about myself 10 times worse. And <laughs> that motivates me to say, hey, you know what? If that's what I'm saying about myself, other people probably hating on me even worse than that. So if you want to keep yourself out of that, if you don't want to be, if you don't want to give truth to those words, then you got to do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? You give truth to the, to, to the things that people say about you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like for me, it's, I, I think it's about, um, whenever you, when I, whenever I try to pursue, pursue my ideal self and I don't exactly make it, I always have that internal dialogue with myself. You know, I always, I, I made a promise to myself when I began to not lie to myself. So even if I do do something that is not what I should do, I will admit to it then and there. And it's okay. That's the thing is like a lot of people I don't think have the ability to be self-critical. You know what I mean? And yeah. say, hey, you know what? Yeah, that I wasn't stunner. That wasn't stunner. I know shit. when I've been like, a piece of like shit. You, for like sure. you definitely just like you mm-hmm. pull the move. Mm-hmm. And unless you want to ratify that person's idea of how much of a shitbag you are, you should probably <laughs> just like back off of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's up to you to you know what I mean? Because and it's important to never spin the false narrative in your head, you know, because it's really easy to paint yourself the victim in a scenario when you know you're not the victim. It's very easy to do that. Yeah. You know, especially when there's like no one around to contradict your story. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's little things like that where I feel like if I'm gonna do that, it's important that I admit in the moment that yes, I am being a piece of shit about this. Because if I admit that in the moment, then in the future I can be like, you know what? That's not something that I'm gonna I want to be doing on a regular. That's not that is not who being I being honest with yourself is number is the number one thing that you have to do to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. If you're not honest with yourself, if you're delusional, then holding yourself accountable is impossible. You know, and so yeah, you know, and that's super important because like sure, sure. I'm not even in front. Like I wish that I, I wish the homies because I was building that with, with with the homies, the hard times crew, because and it was interesting because those dudes have a, 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 a longer history before I met them. But there, I, I could definitely see the accountability that, that everyone held each other to, but not in the judgmental way. You know what I mean? Like, like a supportive way. Yeah, man. And, and that's super important. And, and so really do, like, even in these times when you can't be around people in the person... Lean on your 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 social groups, um, but look for people who aren't feeding the delusion. Absolutely. You need people who yeah, are just going to be honest yes. with you. Like, and don't get me wrong. You also, if if you're shooting for high, if your goals are set very high and you're shooting for your dreams, you absolutely need people who are going to gas you. <laughs> because you, you know what I mean that that helps you, but you can't be surrounded by only those people. Facts. You know what I mean. Facts. Like you can't yeah, be surrounded by just yeah. people gassing you. You need some people to put some wind in your sails, as Absolutely. well as someone to like control the actual parachute. And, and 
it, it's it, it's funny because of the way I look at my life, like if, if if it's fully functional, you know what I mean, you'll have a significant other which provides you a lot of that a lot of that positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then you'll have a friend group that gives you the negative reinforcement. So you'll <laughs> never have to bring that negativity into your personal relationship with your significant other, but you still have that negative reinforcement of don't be a dick bag. Right. And so like when it's fully like when you got a fully functional like social group, man, life is really good. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. shit shit do be flowing. Absolutely. And in, and in, and having that good it sucks team. that society doesn't not structure that, but just kind of promote that kind of social structure more so that we can start to move away from this era of mental health. Because I believe between the like the 1970s to, to 2020 is the era of mental health. Like America's mental health has been just so trash. And the problem is, is that we could have, we could make it through this time if we still had strong social support networks. And indeed, that is all that keeps it together, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, is the, is the remnants away. of that social structure that was built up, you know, in, in those, those decades before that. And so we need to, we need to, to, to move from that, that era of mental health into this era of kind of like more social stability and to do that, I think we got to do that with the people closest to us first. Yeah, and then we can ex- we can extend that empathy outwards through the social networks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Once we have healthy social lives in the close, close area, it'll definitely enrich our contact with people through these networks. And that will, you know, will create, I think, a net positive. And that, and that, and I've been really trying to think of, of more positive ways because I'm no longer, you know, you can't look to, to, to big politics for, for positive change. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, I, I right. hope that individually we could cultivate our lives to be a shining light so that the people we contact you know what I mean? Can kinda get that, conti- you know what I mean? Yeah, Pass on resonate, the, uh, the, the light through contagion. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just really was thinking about that because that's really big is, is interpersonal relationships and holding each other accountable. Um, because, and, and as I said, we do, if we practice that on the individual level, it'll be reflected on the institutional level. So when we call out, you know, all of these large, um, environmental movements and causes and the Me Too movement, who's having their own accountability issue now. You know what I mean? You got <laughs> you got Tarana Burke over here supporting Biden, who has very, like, I mean, I really, it's really interesting. And I want to try to keep my blood pressure down. I was just about to get <laughs> amped up. Only because, like, it, it really is throwing me for a loop right now, the way that, um, the way that the entire left has rallied behind Biden to beat Trump and in the course of doing so has thrown this woman and her allegations under the bus in direct, in direct conflict with their core tenants of a substantial portion of their constituency. Like, I'm just like, man, it, it really, it, it, it's pretty much shown itself to be what it is. So it's like, let's just find other things to do. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's crazy. You got Mark Cuban over here doing an exploratory um, committee to, to, to see his viability as a presidential candidate. 
I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he was he was out there talking on some. Um, he was speaking about the financial impact of the stimulus and how it was distributed, and he genuinely sounded more presidential than Donald Trump. Which <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it's a, that's a very low bar, but it was it was it was frightening. It was frightening because honestly, in this time of panic, I think the people if given. I don't know, man. I, I I think Mark Cuban's got enough. Um, he's got enough uh, uh, credibility in Texas, being the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. You know what I mean? He's got a ton of goodwill in there. He's he's done good business in Texas, and if you got if you can get Texas, then you can sway a lot of conservatives. State. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and being a a, a known like a a publicly successful businessman will put him in good standing in the Midwest. I think, I mean, he's not, I I wouldn't, I would prefer that we actually had a real president, but you know, (laughs) if given the option between Mark Cuban, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, (laughs) I'm, I'm definitely voting for Mark Cuban. I'm, do I sound crazy saying that? I mean, if I gave you those three choices, what would you say? I mean, just honestly, Not the first tour, definitely. I mean, yeah, again, the bar is so low that it's it's so easy to win <laughs> against them, too. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's crazy because Mark Cuban, explo- like, this far, now mind you, we are in, we're going into May. Mm-hmm. We are five months away from the actual election. And Mark Cuban, a billionaire, is seriously thinking of launching his hat into the presidency. Isn't that madness? Like that's the that's the days we live in, bro. Yeah. That's where we yeah, at. Twenty twenty is a year for new things. It's a whole new decade, bro. Try new try something new. Bro, this is crazy. Twenty twenty is it's a wondrous day. Hey man. You gotta take advantage of all these opportunities that are falling into our But laps. speaking of that, um a lot of companies are giving back their stimulus money because they, I guess they don't want the negative publicity of taking that money when people need it. <laughs> no, for real, bro. Uh, it it I started with Shake Shack, and then it was the Lakers, and there's a couple. Of, but then the question is, and 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 what's even more telling is, is, look at the companies that are getting money to begin with. The people who are giving back money, good on you. But why the fuck did you get money in the first in place? First, why are yeah. the Why are the Lakers getting stimulus money before small businesses that genuinely need it? See what I'm saying? Like that's that's crazy. But um, yeah, I, I, it is what it is. I thought that was good. But um, in some gaming news, that shit was hilarious, dude. I was looking at the new games coming out, and um, it was, I I feel kind of dirty in that I was <laughs> so intrigued by this title, but there's there's a game called Man Eater, okay, and it's a shark sim. But oh, it's that like, sounds fucking but epic. it's not like you're just like a shark in the water. Like, nah, man, you're like a Jaws type shark trying to cause as much havoc as you possibly can. That's exactly can. what I imagine. Bruh. That sounds epic. That sounds amazing. It looks. That sounds like um, kill all humans, the shark version. Bro, when I was watching the demo, I was like, the amount of work. Like, first of all, it's gorgeous. It looks amazing. Like, the, <laughs> the graphics are really good. <laughs> And then the physics is really well done. Yeah, and the control, I'm like, did they just really make this a good game? Nah, bro, this looks like GTA dumb. with a shark, bro. Yeah. 
yeah, they really did it, bro. It looked really funny. Um, it looked it looked entertaining, and so I think that might have to be a guilty pleasure in the future if this if this uh, shelter in place keeps on persisting. Might have to pick that up because I think it's coming out next month. I just hope they do like a little PSA on there that lets people know that sharks don't actually kill that many people. No, not at all. Yeah, dude, it's it's hilarious, bro. It's so fanciful, like how aggressive these sharks are. It's crazy. <laughs> no, nah, it's dope, man. Like I get it. Cause have you ever played Kill All Humans? Mm-mm. That's a dope ass game. It's a game where you're an alien, you come down, and you gotta fucking kill all the humans. So it's like. And you get super dope weapons to go around and do that. So I can imagine that this game doing that as a shark, I can only imagine the power ups they give you as you go around and get more havoc. That sounds lit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, definitely gonna check that out, man. I, for better or for worse, the NCAA uh, said that they're gonna start letting college athletes play. Uh, they're gonna start allowing the athletes to make money off their endorsements legally without having to circumvent the law because we all know they've been making money off that shit. Um, but <laughs> they're going so. to, 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 I guess, de- I don't know if it's decriminalized or legalize the, the activities. They're going to stop being dickheads. Yeah, essentially. And it's crazy because, you know, when I first heard people talking about this, like, I mean, it's been probably talked about longer than this, but I think 2013 was the first time I heard this argument come up because they've been this current battle has been going on for a minute. Um, they were like, "Yo, these kids should be doing it for the love of the game," and this and that. And I was like, and, and I hear that today, and I'm like, you know, that sounds like some real slave driver shit. Hell yeah, 100%. because like you guys are making money off of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is the idea that they should even get a a, a remote? compensation for what they're producing yeah they're trying to generate my check you working for free how come when they want to get a little bit of money now they're violating the spirit (laughs) of what they're here for it's like the same thing that happened to the inventor of the super soaker you feel me when when he invented it like the company stole it from him and discredited it as as like a some useless invention or some shit like that and immediately turned around and made it into a billion dollar industry or a million dollar industry. now mind you me personally i don't believe that if I don't believe that the end that these basketball teams should be tied to schools at all. There should be no NCAA. There should be professionals. And guess what? If you're good enough to play in the professionals, you don't have to go to college now. Because guess what? When you're done with the professionals, you can take the time to go to college then. Like, that's the thing is, is like, yo, there's nothing wrong with going to college when you finished your professional career. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I don't know why people think that somehow, you know... Yes, you've beaten up your body, but you can still sit in this seat and listen to a lecture and 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 participate in a class. You know what I mean? Like, Take some notes so I I don't think there should be any NCAA. But in a world where the NCAA exists and they're going to exploit these men, because these aren't boys, these are men they're exploiting. Hell yeah, let these niggas make their money. Yep. Fuck yeah, give them their endorsement money and their video game money. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Because you guys aren't going to create a structure that's going to empower them when they leave. Yeah, it was just about making, keeping all the money from day one. Fucking, and, and that, <laughs> that goes back to what I was saying cash. before. It's the greed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The greed of humans is the problem. It has nothing yep. to do with the carry capacity of the earth. 100%. <laughs> if we could deal with the greed of some people, boy, 
shit would be crazy because that's gumming up so look how many how much resources like like mm-hmm. that's generational wealth that they're that they're stopping 50, up 50, right there 50 50 means it really it really scares get. me because like what if what if all of this institutionally racist stuff because it's disproportionately black people who are affected by this mm-hmm. cleanly when we're talking about people who are making money off of endorsements in college disproportionately a large amount of them are black absolutely period so we don't have to argue that point so once we start dealing with this institutionally racist issues can you imagine like the african-american community like there's so many like 10 ton shackles on the community (laughs) holding it back can you imagine if we actually dealt with them i can understand why they're scared because they know that they've they've been fighting when i say they i mean whatever institutional power still exists that is a remnant from the time in which this started they know that they have been they have been doing the utmost to repress this community man if it and if ever those shackles were removed it would be a wrap it would be a wrap god forbid Yo, did you know niggas was uh I was so offended. At some point I was watching um the news and people were like, uh, they want reparations from China for covering up the origins of COVID nineteen. I'm like, y'all won't give reparations to black people. You wanna give rep you wanna get reparations from China? Fuck out of here. Like, just don't use the word reparations, please. That's triggering. <laughs> you know, like that shit is upsetting to me. Just such a blatant disregard for the community of people actually petitioning for reparations for them to then just use that terminology. It's like it's oh, they refuse to acknowledge it. But anyway, I don't want to get too preachy on that. Um, man, I thought I jinxed it, bro. I saw this clickbaity fucking article, and me and Carolina got hot for a second because you remember the last episode I was talking about. Uh, the Crenshaw Mall and how much I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Then there was uh, somebody posted this this article. They're closing Crenshaw Mall. I was like, I jinxed it. No, <laughs> but it would. They're not closing Crenshaw Mall. What it is is that it, it's under new management. It was purchased by somebody because the Macy's and the Sears have been closed, mm-hmm. and so they're he's going to renovate those areas into office space and leave the rest of the mall open. So it might be closed for a little while. But it'll be back. We will be mean, back. It looked like there were huge portions of it under construction anyway. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm actually happy to hear that. I mean, office space, I hope it's not gentrified office mm-hmm. space. You know what I mean? Like, if you get, if that's the thing, it's, they're not saying it now because they got to see who moves into those office spaces. If they get a bunch of good local community businesses that can move in there and afford the rent, boom, we're good. But if a bunch of, of, you know, out of city um, companies find that, oh man, the rent there is cheap and we can move in there, get our operations costs down and, and you know what I mean? Set up operation there. It's going to be ugly because there's going to be a bunch of people moving into the community and then they're going to want to start, you know, their, their employees are going to want to live closer to, to work and then it's going to be harder to get. And they're already trying to sell this build, uh, these buildings uh, on um, Santa Rosalia. Yeah, they've been trying for a while. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Gentrification at its best. <laughs> it never stopped. Nah, and 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 it and it's sad because this area is getting really nice. Baldwin Village, Baldwin Hills is it's really coming together, and it's mostly at the hard work of the people who live here. 
You know what I mean? Because they they are the ones who are putting in the work to make it amenable for people to to develop. And that's one thing that 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 I think is taken for granted is that uh, when you're doing urban development like that, you really do got to work with the people who are there. Because they're going to be there while you're developing. You know what I mean? You're not going to be moving in a bunch of people while you're developing it. And so you have to work with the community. And so they end up doing a lot of work in terms of getting the area ready for upward, you know, development. But hopefully, you know, as I said, community businesses will move in there and uh, it'll be it'll be good for for. Uh, people who are trying to to look for office space in the 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 baldwin baldwin village area but yeah that, that was just nice. I, I for a second i thought I, I fucking jinxed it man when i saw that headline that they were closing the baldwin <laughs> mall i was so mad i was like see shouldn't have said nothing they'll never talk about what you like talk about something you like too much it's just going it's gonna go bad no but um no i was really happy that upon investigation it, it was that they were keeping it they were just renovating the um sears in the and the Macy's into office spaces. Or at least that's what they told you. Yeah. But, um, man, did you hear about this Australian dwarf and his quote-unquote mother scamming the shit out of the world? That sounds hilarious. I it not. is. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> evidently, they've, they've, they've had this local scam where they... um where they, they go around telling people that he's being picked on and he cries and he says he wants to kill himself and he says, give me a knife. I just want to stab myself in the heart. And then he they get people to, to give them money and all of this stuff. And oh, evidently they they went on GoFundMe or something of that nature uh, to take a big. fucked up. Nah, nigga, what do you mean? They got Wait. like 300 some thousand off of that nice. shit. And, and evidently they, they did it all within the the the... Uh, like the legal guidelines, yeah, the legal guidelines of, of Kickstarter, or I'm sorry, GoFundMe, and so there's no way to claw that money back, and so That's hilarious, yeah, man, and like people started looking into him, and this thing has got an Instagram with him and like stunning. little like dwarf sized cars, yeah, nigga in Gucci outfits, yeah, yeah nigga, hey man, I'd like to thank everybody out Yo. there. I don't want to kill myself no more. Filming, nigga, I was great stuff to help my great. mental health. It was great. And the, the worst part was is that the video was so trash. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit cold-hearted. So when I saw it, I was like, man, fuck that old little googly-eyed nigga. Get the fuck out of here with that shit, nigga. Like, I don't know, because he was a little bit too articulate. Like, what, what suicidal <laughs> person cries in front of their mom and says, give me a knife. I want to stab myself in the heart. It's funny. Like, fuck out of here, nigga. What you talking about? <laughs> hey, man. Some and then the mom is just sitting there. And, and oh, my, that's another thing that I, is a, I'm hugely against is parents who sit there and videotape their children in distress. Mm. Like, my nigga, <laughs> if I ever see anyone in public videotaping their child while it cries, I'm punching you in the face. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. I'm punching you in the face. And it's not out of malice. It's just out of accountability and keeping accountability for people who you know or don't know. Right. <laughs> because someone's got to keep you accountable for fucking videotaping your child in distress. Like, come on, yo. Console your child. Like, stop sitting there videotaping them like this is the appropriate thing to be doing. <laughs> it's, it's not. 
it's not so yeah you garner no sympathy from me when you do that and so yeah when i saw that this thing got over three hundred thousand, i was like these fucking like come on man i'm out here trying to legitimately have conversations with people elevate that's bring con- you, you know that's why i fucked you up have that's, a, that's because you haven't you know, learned you it you up, keep right? trying to do it <laughs> clearly you have not been paying attention to the successful people so what you're telling me is that I got to get an Australian dwarf. <laughs> Step one. Step one. Get a googly-eyed Australian dwarf on your fucking podcast. Feel me? Step two. Step, Step two. Go fund me. No, 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 no. Step two, money. <laughs> There's no go fund me. It's just money. I'm not joking. <laughs> no, but and the only reason why I'm making fun of him is because he was proven to be a sham. Yeah, if he was a, a developmentally cool. challenged young man who was genuinely being bullied, I'd absolutely not advocate for making fun of him but the fact that this nigga is rolling around in like miniature benzes on your money now nah, i can laugh and charlatans come in all shapes and sizes even googly eyed ones nigga <laughs> but yeah no nah, i thought that, that was that was out of control but yeah i just wanted to, um there was one last thing that i had seen in the news which it was just sad and it, and it's one of the reasons why i'm i'm definitely like I'm on the books is like I'm no longer considering myself part of like the democratic left party establishment like or even structure like I'm I'm told I'm not participating in that shit anymore like um not until there's major reform like I can understand the structure of the system could be good but unfortunately it just it's completely and utterly just I don't even like the values of it anymore <laughs> because you have Chris Hayes, who is um, a pretty prominent MSNBC news host um, slash pundit, he does a lot of uh, commentary, and he's pretty popular. And with these allegations against Joe Biden coming out and really, like, starting to gain steam and people really, like, coming up to corroborate her story, you know, as somebody who very strongly backed the Me Too movement— He talked on it, as he should have. And immediately, before his show even got off the air, people are calling for him to be fired. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, so seriously, he's just talking about the credible allegations against Joe Biden, and y'all motherfuckers want him fired? And this is the circular firing squad that makes it impossible to keep them accountable, and that's why... They're no longer an, uh, a, a party or group of people that I can support in any way, shape, or form, period, at all. I'll, I will not vote for any Democratic candidate. Like I view them the same as I do the Republicans, just a defunct party that doesn't represent anything except for a bunch of financiers who are pretty much setting the rules to a game that only they play to get more money. And I'm not going to participate in that. And I'm not going to encourage anyone else to participate in that. And when people talk to me about it, I'm going to interface with them as if they're participating in a corrupt bullshit system. Because I used to like be very try to be very respectful of like people, things like people's party affiliation and people's engagement in the system. But it's a farce. It's a farce. There's zero accountability because they have created a, a environment in which you cannot hold anyone in their 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 upper echelons accountable unless you, you, you open yourself up to be attacked mm-hmm. and called for your livelihood to be decimated. Now, mind you, I don't think that 
that Chris Matthews' job is in. It, it it would be such a miscarriage of 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 management to to fire him for or even reprimand him for what he did. That I think he's fine. Um, but the idea that people would actually even dine to to go into any kind of public or digital space and and call for that just miss me with it i don't want to be part of that group i don't want to be part of that group anymore i'm not i couldn't you know like you can only do that but so many times before i'm like okay i see what's going on here there really is no you can't call the fallibility of anybody whether it's hillary biden obama all of them are fucktards. Like that's the thing that, I, that that really pisses me off is that they all have very legitimate, valid uh, flaws that can be called out, and we and and we can't talk about that. Can't talk about how Al Gore is fucking taking money from Goldman Sachs while Goldman Sachs also pays for the exploratory drilling that's destroying the fucking mountaintops. Like, come on. Like, where's your accountability, my G? You know, like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to be part of that group. You know what I mean? Like, same way I would cut off a friend who is a sexual assault vic- uh, a committer, I w- I'm going to cut off the Democratic Party who is is firmly in bed with people like Jeffrey Epstein and, and, and Harvey Weinstein and now Joe Biden. I'm good. I'm good. And unless American politics can produce another party other than the two that have proven to either be racist or, or, or sexually malfeasant, then I just, I won't, I won't participate in that part of the system you know I'll, I'll i'll definitely vote in my local politics especially because in our district we have a fucking uh a uh, a uh, uh, a negro for for trump running against our congress <laughs> our congresswoman karen base who karen base i firmly support and do you know if you you know please vote because 2020 is a, a a a congressional election year um, vote Karen base. Do not vote for the other dude. I won't even say his name. You only need to know the name of the person who you need to vote for. Um, only because I'm not trying to spread that kind of information on this platform. Um, but yeah, don't just the presidential politics is a farce. It really is bullshit. Um, vote for people who actually do something for you and your community. And that's always how I like to end it. That's the positive note that I could take out of that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you joining us. Oh, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at home parent. I'd be forgetting that shit. Leave you with some parting words. Time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. Peace. <laughs> take it easy. <laughs>